show by our education minister and good friend Kelvin Gertzen. Good morning, Kelvin. Well, good morning, Corny. Here we are uh, on the Monday after the first, well, almost full week. It was a short week, but the first week of school is behind us. And this is something that through this pandemic, you and medical experts uh, have been um, planning on how this happens. And now the first week has happened. How are we feeling? Well, I think that we're feeling uh, good, but also we know that it's early, right? So there's a lot of work that happened through the summer together with public health, um, other education stakeholders, of course, school divisions, to get us to the point last week where the kids could go back to school. And I think that initial you know, day or two was really exciting for the students. I think it was exciting for the teachers. I think everybody was, was, was happy to sort of see some degree of normality come back, but there was also hesitation and a little bit of that anxiety and cautiousness about what it was going to look like. If things were going to look different, they have been different. But basically what I've been hearing, the reports from the different school divisions, is that you know the protocols are going pretty well. I've got to iron some things out for sure. Um, but most of what I've heard is that the students were really, really happy to be back in school. And that was really the ultimate uh, goal, is to get them back into in-class learning, start to feel a little bit more normal, um, but then also remember that there are some health precautions we have to continue to take. Well, for most students, this has been the longest spring break of their life. <laughs> really? Well, and hopefully, and hopefully they won't have any longer spring breaks than this. Uh, no question. And I, and I heard from some from students, including my own, my own son, you know, that it just felt a little odd, right? It was almost felt surreal going back to school. And I think there's always a bit of that right after summer because it flies by and we all remember, oh, man, we're going back to school. Mixed in with that excitement. But this was, you know, way more than that because yeah. it just had been so long. And there was that uncertainty, right, if you would go back. We didn't know. We never had that before, right? After, after summer, you always knew you were going back on a certain date. This is a little bit less. Like you weren't quite sure if it was going to happen or not, or what it would look like when you went back. Yeah, you know, for months since this pandemic became a thing, we have uh, all talked about frontline workers, and and everybody has thanked frontline workers. And I want to, in just a moment, I want to talk about the new frontline worker that we can add to the list, and that's teachers and principals and EAs that are on the front line of implementing all of these things and still educating our kids. I want to talk about that in just a moment. We are chatting with Kelvin Gertson, Education Minister, in just a moment. It's the next morning show. It's the next morning show. And we're chatting with uh, Education Minister Kelvin Gertzen and our local MLA. Um, it, it, I got to say, hats off to you, Kelvin. And we've been friends for a lot of years. But I mean, just, just watching you as Education Minister during this time, there's not a lot of people that envy your position right now. Uh, it can't be easy to be the voice of what's being implemented during this pandemic. That can't be easy. Well, thank you to say it, it's not easy, but I also know there's a lot of people who are going through things that that aren't easy during this time. And, and it's True. important that people see, even if they don't agree with everything, and people aren't going to agree with everything, it is important that they see sort of calmness because we have a lot of reasons still to be 
calm and optimistic and, and lots of good things happening in Canada. And, and panic doesn't really help anybody. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, absolutely. So we've been talking about frontline workers for months now and, and thanking them, and as we should, and we'll continue to do. I want to add to the list of frontline workers, um, teachers, principals, um, EAs, um, custodians, working with the kids every single day. Um, this is a new frontline worker. Wouldn't you agree? It's a new frontline worker, and, and not only are they implementing all these new protocols, um, but they're also like learning a new way to teach and, and unlearning some things that have been kind of common practice in our schools. And so for many years now, the sort of idea of group work and having students work on projects together has really been a, um, a part of the education system. And, and not only are they now having to you know, monitor these sort of protocols that are health-related, they're changing the way they teach very quickly as well. So I really, uh, hats off as well to all the teachers, administrators, EAs, who are not just learning new things, but also unlearning things as well. And there's some things that are mandated by the government and health officials um, about how things have to be done for masks and distancing and that kind of thing. But there's some things that they have to come up with on their own. For example, if you are in one group of cohorts, and uh, you, one of your one of the kids from that group has to go use the public washroom in the school. Um, what if there's somebody else from another cohort in that bathroom at the time? So schools have had to get very creative with coming up with different ways to um, to to still keep the kids safe and in their cohorts. Well, and the challenge I think for schools has been you're right. So health will determine certain health directives and. Say these are the health directives we as education say to the schools. So these are the health directives that are provided by public health. But how you implement them in 700 different schools across the province looks very different because those schools look very different. We have a school in Brandon that is essentially underground. It was a unique school built at a certain time where they built the school underground. Wow. It has no windows. It's a very different kind of school, right? And you might see over, um, you know, in, in Steinbeck or at the SRSS, the new part. Even there, the new part of the SRSS is different than the old part of the SRSS. We went to the old part, right? Yep. And, and, and so how you implement things, even though the health protocols are the same, look very different in these very different buildings. Yeah. Um, one thing that I'm curious about, and I'm sure a lot of parents and teachers are as well, um, it takes about 14 days for us to, you know, 10 to 14 days for us to see any new cases popping up from groups being together. So groups are together now in school as much as we try to practice social distancing. Um, in my opinion, cases will start to arise in these schools. It's almost guaranteed we're going to be hearing about cases in the schools soon. Um, is there a number? Is there a kind of a, a level? If we get X amount of cases in X amount of schools, we're pulling the plug on this and sending everyone back home. Is there is there that protocol in place? So you you identified correctly. There are going to be cases. There have already been some cases identified last week where there's been cases in the school. They didn't come from the school, but of course people in the school are in society more broadly, and so there's been some cases that have come into the school. There's not a specific number. Everything that's been set up, the cohorting in that, is designed to prevent schools from having to close down. The entire system is about how do we keep schools operating while keeping people safe. So Dr. Rusin has basically said, you know, as long as we can contain cases to a small group of people, 
we can then just deal with those individuals who have been tested positive and not have to affect the broader school community and shut down the school. That's the entire goal is to not shut down the school, but it's really based on how much spread you have then. If, if, a, if a student tests positive but has few close contacts, uh, or minimal close contact. They don't have to affect even the entire cohort, let alone the entire school. So there's not a specific number. It's based on how much spread happens, but the system's been set up to try to prevent having to close down schools. Okay. And and hopefully we don't have to get to that point where we need to make that decision. I think the the cohorts is a good idea, um, and, and, and hopefully it can be, things like this can be contained within within cohorts. Um, so, uh, is there anything now that you're looking at, um, possibly adding to, uh, what's been implemented or, or right now, is it just like, now we'll just keep moving forward for another week? So there's, I mean, we wanted to make sure that the notification to parents was really smooth. So public health has been working with schools long before COVID, of course, but, you know, in the cases that we had last week, there was really quick notification to the families who, who were seen to be a close contact potentially and to ensure that they had the information they need, and then to the school more broadly. So there's been really good disclosure really quickly. That's important for parents to have confidence that they're going to know if something happens in their school, and that happened you know, really well last week, so we're going to continue to monitor that. We have to work out some inconsistencies. And so as I mentioned, you know, 700 different schools, there's going to be differences. There should be differences. But, but there are some things where there are inconsistencies which need to be sort of worked through, and that's nobody's fault. This is a new system. So Manitoba Teacher Society is working well with us and sort of their teachers are reporting in through the Manitoba Teacher Society the things that they're seeing each and every day that look like they're not consistent across the board, and we're trying to work through those daily. So that's going to be a, you know, a two- to three-week process to try to get some of those inconsistencies ironed out. Uh, and that's really what we're focused on now. Well, Kelvin, we uh, thank you very much for uh, shedding more light on this one weekend. Uh, let's stay in touch as things uh, progress, then we can uh, we can get word out and, and continue to get feedback and continue to uh, educate our children. Yeah, and thank you and your radio station for getting that word out. That is appreciated. Right on. Thanks, Kelvin. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. It's the next morning show.